Welcome to Leaders Live, the podcast for all leaders, and that's just about anyone. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and I'm looking forward to spending the next 30 minutes or so with you. I'm actually writing and recording this just a bit early, so if I get confused on timing, please forgive me, and remember, time with all of this stuff is kind of relative. Over the last several months, I've been pushing it pretty hard. There's been a lot going on trying to get this podcast and my tech one, Gadgets for Families, up and running. That's on top of my business consulting and the craziness that comes with the end of the school year. So just a lot going on. When I combine that with my drive to always want to be doing something meaningful and my perfectionist tendencies, it's been pretty intense. Take those experiences and combine them with some of the topics I've covered like dialing it back, knowing yourself, course correcting, you know, some of those topics that I've, I've covered in previous episodes, as well as some things I've been reading as part of my personal study. And I got thinking about how am I doing? Not business or progress or anything like that, just how am I personally doing? And with that background, I'd like to spend our time today talking about caring for ourselves. Story time and lessons learned from it are first, and then let's talk about how we as leaders sometimes don't realize we're not taking care of ourselves. We don't understand the impact it has on us and those that depend on us, so stick around. Now, just a quick programming note. Normally, I drop episodes on each Wednesday, but the week of June 7th, that's a Wednesday, I don't think you're going to see an actual episode. I have some plans that actually relate to today's topic on taking care of myself, and that may result in me not recording and dropping an episode that week. So maybe that gives you a week to catch up on an episode or two you have missed, or you can check out my other podcast, Gadgets for Families. Story time it is. So I I briefly went through this story in last week's episode, but I want to share some additional details. Last week, based on when I'm writing this, remember, time is relative, I was really struggling. I just didn't seem to have the energy I needed to keep going consistently. About Wednesday, I decided that I needed more than just a few minutes of dialing it back. I've been wanting to get out and ride my bike somewhere other than just right here in town, but it does take a decent chunk of time to travel, ride, and return, and I've always felt like I had other more productive or work-related things that I should be doing instead. But I realized that I wasn't going to be productive if I didn't do something. I decided to take a few hours on Friday and go to a trail system I really enjoy and ride. Thursday, I got the things I had to get done, done quickly, and then spent a couple of hours tuning up my bike. Just working on my bike was therapeutic, even though at one point I wasn't sure I wasn't actually making the bike worse. Remember my fear of making things worse around the house? Well, that applies to my trailer, bike, and most other things when I try and do repairs. But eventually I got it all tuned up, brakes replaced, chain replaced, everything torqued down, and then got rid of a squeak that had developed in the handlebars. I also repacked my backpack. When I do short rides, everything is on the bike. But I needed the backpack since I was going on a much longer ride. So I was ready to go. Friday, I didn't have nearly the same troubles rustling myself out of bed that I normally do. Thursday night, I actually struggled a bit to go to sleep as I was so excited to hit the trails. I got through a bunch of stuff in a meeting and left the house almost right on time. I did have to overcome some fears, those I covered last week in the story. But doing this ride really made my day. I only rode for about an hour. I'm not quite in good enough shape this early in the season to do much more, but it was just fantastic. Even getting stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic on the way home didn't put a damper on the ride. 
When I got home, I found I had a ton of energy. I thought maybe I'd be too tired, and so I'd made sure I didn't have anything critical to do that afternoon. But when I realized the energy I had, I decided to try and get ahead for this week. In about four hours, I did what would normally take me most, if not all, of Monday. Record, edit, publish the podcast, video, video clips, social media posts, etc. That was really cool. So there are three lessons I take away from this. One, if you know yourself and know it's time to dial it back for more than just a few minutes, don't ignore it. Even if you can justify that you have more important things to do, maybe dialing it back is the most important because that will allow you to effectively and efficiently tackle those more important things. Two weeks ago, time is relative when you're writing these episodes, I talked about relevance. Well, this has just reminded me that when you can find relevance, it can give you motivation. It also gives you something to look forward to. Before we had to adjust our schedule, my wife and I always reserved Friday night for date night, and sometimes it was date afternoon or even date day. We had been doing that for years, and I always looked forward to it. It helped me get through the week. Right now, we're actually doing it on Monday evenings, and it's just not the same as having something to look forward to to the end of the week versus doing it right at the beginning. As motivated as I was to crank through things to go on that ride, that was just a validation of what I talked about in that episode. I had something to look forward to, so I was motivated to get there. Interesting that this weekend, when I'm actually recording this, the week before it's published, time is relative, we're going camping for Memorial Day weekend, and I'm pretty motivated to work through as much as I can before Thursday evening so that I can enjoy the first camping trip of the season. So you see how that works? Find relevance, helps with motivation, you improve your productivity because you have something to work towards. And then the third lesson is that dialing it back can really give you a productivity boost. For me, I was pretty surprised at how much I got done in a single afternoon after the bike ride. Now, I'm not sure I want to record a podcast again right after a ride. If you heard all of the symptoms of my allergies in that episode, I apologize. But I did get a huge boost in productivity. So think about those three things. Know when to dial it back, find relevance so you have something to look forward to, and look for that productivity boost. Little lift recommendation now. Today's recommendation, it's just a little bit different, and it's a bit longer than normal. If you aren't into the topic, skip forward about five minutes or so, or go into the show notes and tap on the time step next to the next topic. Since one of the ways I take care of myself is camping and biking, basically outdoor stuff that's not freezing cold, I thought I'd give you a couple of tips if you're thinking about getting started. This week I'll do biking, and maybe at another time I'll talk about camping. So for biking. Now, if you just wanted to ride around town, you have tons of options. But if you want to get into more than that, maybe start on some mountain biking trails. Then you have options, but they may not be the most obvious. So what do you get? How do you get started? The thing I see most out of folks is that they aren't sure if they're really going to like it. So they want to just grab a bike from Walmart and get going. This is probably the path of least resistance. You can do this on Amazon too. But if this is the route you're going to go, I recommend Walmart since you can see the bike in person and it's at least partially assembled. Now, why do I say partially assembled? Looks like it's assembled. Well, that's the biggest caveat for any bike you buy from Walmart, the assembly. It's probably a teenager with a summer job that's putting the bikes together in bulk. Or if they didn't have it assembled, they're trying to do it in five minutes for you so you can get out the door. My experience with Walmart bikes is that the quality is okay. 
it's the kind of quality that I would recommend for a young kid just getting started or for an adult that's going to ride it around town and maybe on some dirt roads or very simple trails. If you want more than that, we'll get there in just a minute. But if Walmart is what you can afford to get started, there is hope. They have a range of bikes for different budgets. But, and this is the key, no matter what you get there, don't take it out on a trail without doing or getting some maintenance done on it. Why? This is the assembly. The assembly is going to be pretty rough. I've never seen it done the way I would like it, and I'm not perfect at it for sure. But it's not really a big deal. It's mostly about making sure everything is tight, check all the bolts and all of those kinds of things, make sure it shifts properly, and most importantly, that the brakes work like they're supposed to. Now, speaking of brakes, if you're at Walmart, if you can get disc or hydraulic brakes, go that route. If you get the old school brakes that are pads that clamp down on the rim, that's okay, but it's not ideal. And I wouldn't do that on any big rides. But just make sure that before you ride, they don't rub when they're not engaged and that they give you appropriate stopping power. Okay, getting a little bit carried away here and going kind of geeky. but So the biggest lesson is that if Walmart is your choice, then just make sure it's ready to be ridden. When you do that, you can get some good use out of a Walmart bike. I happen to know of one that survived riding Slick Rock in Moab. Still not sure how, and I would not recommend that at all, but it survived. And that will at least get you started and help you know that if, that if this is something that you're really going to enjoy. Now, if you want to go to the next step, the easiest route, if you aren't into doing your own maintenance or putting a bike together, would be to go an outdoor store or a bike shop and get something from a name brand. I personally like Specialized, but I've had several brands. When my son decided he wanted a more modern bike than the one he was riding my old hand-me-down, we went to a shop and he got an entry-level Trek. Now, the components aren't quite as nice as what I have, but he didn't need that right now, nor did he want to pay what I paid for mine. He knew he liked to ride. We actually bought this right after a long trail ride, but he knew that his time riding wouldn't be extensive. So he wanted something he would enjoy that was higher quality than the Walmart bike, but that wouldn't break the bank. I think he paid about 1200 bucks, something like that. This was back in pandemic, so it was way more expensive. Now, good news is they assembled it. It was still a young kid doing the assembly, but this is all he did. He just assembled bikes, including very high-end bikes. He assembled it, brought it out, watched my son ride it, and then made tweaks. So we walked out knowing that the bike was ready to ride. Now also, when you buy from a shop like this, they generally throw in your first tune-up free, and you usually want to either do that yourself or have it tuned up after about 100 miles. So if you can afford it, this is absolutely the way to go, even just to get started especially now where the bikes have started to get a bit cheaper. I bought my new one at the height of the market during the pandemic, and I hope to never have to do that again. And FYI, if you want to know what I'm riding, let me know. I'll put a post or a short together on it, or you know, send me a piece of feedback and I'll let you know. Now, just briefly, I want to talk about e-bikes. I have one, and I love it. But it's not my mountain trail bike. I've been on a few easy trails, but it's not the kind designed for real trail riding. I use it to run errands around town, explore when we're at campgrounds, and for exercise. The exercise part is great because I can adjust the assist enough that I get a good workout, but it lets me spend more time riding and go further. I have a route here in town that's about 16 or so miles. I can do it on my regular bike, but it takes a long time. On the e-bike, I can do it in a much shorter period of time and still get almost as good of a workout, so I can do that more often. I'd also recommend looking into e-bikes if you just don't have the strength or anything like that, coordination, those kinds of things, that 
what you would need for a normal bike. With pedal assist and with some throttle and some that have throttles, it can give folks the option of riding when maybe a traditional bike is just not for them. And if you want to know what e-bike I ride or my wife, they are very different style bikes, or want to know which brands to research, let me know and I'll get you started. Now, beyond the bike, get a helmet. You don't need to spend a fortune, but it's a must. You also want some basic maintenance gear, spare tubes, a pump, etc. Gloves, I strongly recommend gloves, especially at the beginning. And then something to carry water. Most bikes, will even at Walmart, will have a place for a bottle cage. And all of this stuff can be purchased at Walmart or on Amazon. Now, when you ride, you make sure you take plenty of water. And if you're going far from home or for a long period of time, take snacks. I take fruit snacks, a candy bar, and sometimes a cliff bar. The fruit snacks are the key. Now, did I mention water? Take plenty. On my rides in town, I just take a water bottle. When I go on real trails, my backpack has a three liter Camelback and I have the water bottle. I rarely, rarely drink at all unless I'm on really long hot rides, but at least I have it. Finally, make sure you keep your phone with you. It's the emergency piece, that's what's important, but there are also tons of apps that you can get to show trails in your area or wherever you are. I personally use Trail Forks and then I have an app for my watch called Work Outdoors. Tech could be a whole other thing in and of itself, so I'm not going to dive into that. All right. Did I mention water? All right. Just making sure. So I think that's more than just a little lift, so maybe I should move on now. I hope you can see the tie-in between that story and the little lift recommendation and today's main topic of taking care of yourself. If not, let me see if I can provide some additional context. Normally, I start off episodes like this with some sort of a definition on the topic. I don't think I really want to do that this week. The biggest reason is that taking care of yourself is a very personal and individual topic. What it means to take care of ourselves is going to change depending on who we are, our situation in life, what we're trying to accomplish, who we're leading, etc. And even sometimes it's going to be a combination of all of those things. So if I think about a set of parents who both have careers and are also trying to help their kids navigate those interesting teenage years, or my current situation where I've mentioned on a few episodes and in a blog post a couple weeks ago, I'm trying to be grandpa, but also have to be dad to my kids and my grandkids, and to get a business to where it's self-sustaining. While I'm not going to start with the definition, I'd like to share a quote I read on Instagram this week. That's what helped me really solidify this as this week's topic. This is from Hank Smith, and he's at Hank R. Smith on Instagram. Your family and friends can't draw from an empty well. It isn't selfish to spend time caring for you, doing what you love, what replenishes you, to make sure you have the energy and courage to give to those who rely on you. And with the week I had last week and having come off of launching a new podcast, writing that blog post about how exhausting it was trying to be both dad and grandpa, and with everything else going on with our family, That whole thing just really resonated with me. I had just experienced how important this was during the week, so I appreciate Hank helping me tie all of this stuff together. And before I take a break, let's just break down this quote. First, he talks about who depends on you. I'm going to talk about more about that right after the break and even give you an exercise to do. We are all leaders and have people that depend on us, spouses, kids, friends, colleagues, bosses, community members, church family, etc. A second, drawing from a well. While many people believe that time is our most restricted resource, I would also put mental energy right up there. Sometimes it doesn't matter how much time the clock says I have because I just don't have anything left to give. And that's how I felt last week. 
Now, third, he uses the word selfish, and we're going to dive into what that means. Is it really selfish to want some me time with so many people depending on me? No spoilers before we get there, but we're going to answer that question. And then fourth, do what you love and what replenishes you. Sometimes we need things that we don't have to justify why we do them even. So I think we should dive in and talk about all of these pieces. Now, before we go any further, just my continued request that you subscribe, follow, share, review, like, etc. the podcast. The more the audience grows, the more people can find it. And I know there are a lot of folks out there that need this content, but just don't know it exists. They don't know that it's relevant. They don't know where it is. They don't know how to find it. So the more that audience grows, the more relevant, see what I did there, the content becomes and the more we can help others. And then also check out the show notes for links and other great resources. Well, let's go through the four pieces I mentioned above and see how we can apply them in our lives to enable us to better lift others. Now, the first piece is about how those that depend on you can't draw from an empty well. I saw a similar quote in a church self-reliance book that talked about how we can't provide food for the hungry if our own shelves are empty. Now, that's very true. And if we have nothing to give, what happens to those that are depending on you? So start off by pausing the podcast, unless you're driving or in another situation where it's not safe to do this, and make a quick list of those that rely on you and what they rely on you for. If you can't make a physical list, make a mental one. I don't think you need to list every single person in your life that has some sort of a dependency on you, but at least get down the main ones. My list would include my wife, my daughter that lives with us and her kids, to a lesser extent, my other three kids, they all have varying levels of independence, even the one that still lives with us, my partner in the Gadgets for Families podcast, my consulting clients, extended family, some of which I'll talk about at some point, and I have some folks at church that rely on me for certain things. All of these individuals have varying levels of dependency. You might also add to your list your boss, teammates, direct reports, key customers, PTA groups, teachers, room moms, know what I'm saying here, carpool partners, etc. Again, don't try and make a complete list, just one that is meaningful that you can think about as we dive in further. Now, as for how they depend on you, here are a few examples from my list. My wife relies on me to be there when she needs me, to manage our finances, keep the house and cars running, and to take her out on date nights and keep all of her tech running. She uses the tech, but doesn't want to do more than just use it. My daughter and her kids, as well as my son at home, count on me to keep the house where it is, be there for advice, and the grandkids rely on grandpa for treats, wrestling, tickles, and fun, other fun things. Not to mention take, to take them camping. We're counting down the days to this weekend's camp out. I think you could extrapolate this out with your own list. So now that you've done that exercise, think about how your well-being, mental and physical, impacts all of those things that others rely on you for. If I'm too tired, then instead of playing with the grandkids, I could find myself without patience and being super grumpy. If one of my kids comes to me asking for advice and I'm mentally exhausted, my advice might be worth much less than it would be normally. If the car needs maintenance or we have a camping trip planned and I'm just too busy, then we don't go or the maintenance gets postponed. So if I'm not in a good place with my mental or physical energy, then these things are all going to be less than what I'd like them to be and what others need them to be. Now that doesn't take into account what would happen with what I spend the most time doing, and that is working. If I got so tired or sick or worn out or whatever that I couldn't work for weeks, then my clients would suffer, which would impact my immediate and possibly my long-term 
income, family well-being, all of those kinds of things. Let's talk about drawing from your well. So you have this list of people that depend on you. My guess is that you did not put yourself on that list anywhere. Maybe you should rethink that. So that's piece number one. The second piece here is about drawing from that. What well is it? Well, it's the well that contains our physical and mental energy, what we use to sustain ourselves and to be able to give to others. Everyone we interact with draws from that well to a certain extent. You draw from your own well to get out of bed, get ready for the day, and to move forward. If you think about those on your list, they all draw something from your well. Depends on their level of dependency, some may draw more deeply than others. The one-year-old in our house draws from everyone's well pretty deeply. He's a lot of work. On the flip side, my 18-year-old doesn't draw very often. He's pretty independent. But when he does want to draw more than a sip, it's usually pretty deep, like talking about college choices or things like that. If we keep with this analogy, it may not seem like a big deal if a lot of people draw just a little bit from you, take a sip. But if everyone does just take a sip, you might not even notice what's going on. Those tiny sips added together can be a big deal if you aren't replenishing that well. And that's the key here. If you regularly replenish, not a problem. But if you just let everyone, including yourself, keep taking and taking, then eventually the well runs dry. But the demand will still be there. You and others will try dipping into the well that is just completely dry. Now, the third part of this whole thing was about being selfish. Most of the time, when we are taught about or think about leadership, it's all supposed to be about those we lead. That could be a family or a team at work. It's always about how we can lift them. You know, that's the purpose of this podcast. In this case, I want to make it very clear that you need to give yourself permission for some self-care, not just so that you can take care of yourself, but so that you can actually focus on those you lead. I do agree that we should lead for the benefit of others and not ourselves, but if we don't find the right balance of caring for others and us, everyone on the list you just made will be impacted. What I'm not talking about here is just saying I'm going to make this all about me. It's very easy to do that, especially when you're worn out and just feeling like everyone around you takes and takes and takes and gives nothing back, or that no one else lets you draw from their well. This is tricky because I don't have a perfect answer for you on how to do this. What I can tell you is that finding the right balance here is about your motivations and where your heart is. For example, are you handing off that assignment to someone on your team to benefit them or to benefit you? Are you just tired, don't want to do the work, and are finding someone to pawn it off on? Or have you looked at it and realized that you don't have the time, energy, or resources to do a good job and identified that someone on your team does? and that it will be a good assignment for them. Or an even simpler example, are you asking one of your kids to get something for you just because you don't want to get up off the couch? Or are you asking them to do it because every time you stand up, the stomach bug you're fighting off takes control? Can you see how this is about your motivations? Am I taking a vacation just to avoid something I don't like? Or am I taking it because I need a break so that I can come back stronger? It's almost like the difference between running away from something versus running towards something. That's something to think about. Here's something else to think about. Do we always need to have a meaningful reason to do something for ourselves? Or is it okay to say, I'm going to buy that new game that came out or a shirt that I saw at the store just because I like it? I think the answer is that there are times when it's okay to do something just because, and you don't have to have an essay prepared justifying your action. 
And sometimes those simple things are enough to help you help others. But as a general rule, anytime you're going to make a decision or do something that impacts those that depend on you, buying that shirt may not. Let's make sure we think about how it's going to impact them. Now that leads us into the fourth point, which is doing what you love and, rep and replenishing. I want to use two examples here. The first is just something just general, and the other is an example from just the other day in my life. As much as I love camping and taking the grandkids with me, I wouldn't say that it's replenishing. They love it. I love it. But it's a lot of work, and we generally only last maybe five days. That seems to be the max so far. We're going to push that this year, but we'll see. Anything more than that, and patience on both sides really starts to run thin. Sure, I get in bike rides and get to relax to a certain extent, but I would say that this is something that I break even on. It doesn't replenish. All the work associated with taking them and taking care of them is just added work on a camping trip. So if, it, if I just break even, the problem with that is that if my well is already low, it's not going to get any more full. I'm just breaking even. It's just going to stay low, and it's going to be a struggle. Now, this also ties into knowing yourself. You have to know what you love to do and what replenishes you. Sometimes those things just don't line up. Travel used to be like this for me. I loved traveling to new places. I preferred one or two day trips, you know, one or two times a month. I got to eat good food, made progress on key initiatives, but those trips definitely did not replenish me. So that's another thing for you to think about when you talk about dialing it back and replenishing your well. What are the things that replenish and that you love doing? Sometimes they just don't line up. Now, the flip side of this is that sometimes dialing it back can be a lot of work, but can be replenishing at the same time. I mentioned that doing the maintenance on my bike last week did that for me. But a couple of days after that, I had an even more obvious example. We went to the temple early that morning, but when we got home, we had a list of maintenance things to do on the camp trailer. It was four or so hours of solid work by the time we got done. It was physically demanding as we were going up and down ladders and things like that. It was also mentally draining as some of it was new to us and we didn't want to have any mistakes that actually made things worse. By the time we got done, both my wife and I were pretty tired. But, and I won't speak for her, I was actually more mentally energized than I had been. There are a couple of reasons for that. First, I knew that because we got it done, that meant it was really time to go camping. And second, I enjoyed learning about the new pieces, those new things that I didn't know how to do. And third, I didn't mess anything up and make things worse. So we can have a chuckle about that. Fourth, we also didn't have to worry about the grandkids that day. They had gone to a park for almost the whole day with their mom, so we weren't multitasking trying to chase them and get these things done. We actually took the e-bikes out for a ride after that and then spent the rest of the afternoon, even after the kids got home, in our hammocks on the back porch. By the end of the day, I was tired, but I felt that I had done a good job of replenishing my well. And I'm feeling that this week. This is the follow-up week to having replenished that well, and I'm trying to move very fast through things, but I feel like I've got enough in the tank to do it. Now, while those are kind of one-off examples, I also have daily things I can do to help replenish the well. Getting exercise is probably the main one. Unless I'm dealing with weather, I generally try and schedule a ride or a walk after I put in a few hours during the day. That gives me a break mentally, but also helps me make sure that it happens. I used to work a full day and then go, but I found that sometimes I just didn't go, and then I'd regret it. I've also tried doing it first thing in the morning. That's okay, but it's not ideal because then I put in these super long stretches without any replenishment. 
I also pay attention to what when my Apple Watch tells me it's time to get up and move around a bit. I might spend a few minutes playing on my Nintendo Switch. I'm a big time reader. I actually read a whole book the day before I wrote this episode. I do podcasts and music and Street Corner Symphony was playing right as I wrote this. These are all things that align with me being an introvert and they tie into my big meaningful purposes or relevance and help me with the day to day. But as I've mentioned before, even doing this won't work forever and I have to find opportunities and ways to do deeper replenishment to allow this more routine maintenance to be effective. If I did just this stuff and never took a vacation, it wouldn't work. And that's why last week I took a few solid hours to do a different kind of bike ride. Now you'll need to figure some of these out for yourself as well. So let me wrap up by how I'm gonna work on this concept for the next little while. So for all of us, there are a lot of moving pieces and what you need to do is take those individual bits and tie them together along with some of the key pieces of your personal plan. Things like knowing yourself, knowing your motivations and some of the other topics we've discussed. They're all related. So here's what I have for the taking care of myself portion of my personal plan. First, daily replenishment. My daily replenishment probably stays just about the same. Daily exercise is number one. I'll make sure that I have time for that. I'll ride my bike as often as I can, but mix in with that good long walks. I'll have to keep working on my schedule once we hit midsummer, and it's better to go early in the a.m. because I won't be able to go midday, or at least it's not as fun. And I'd also like to mix in the occasional evening bike ride with my wife. I'll still read, enjoy a few minutes on the Switch and other things like that. But right now, that small, that small daily maintenance is just not enough. It's just not working with everything I've got going on. So that's part two. For the summer, talk about the winter at the end of this, I'm going to take advantage of the flexibility I have right now and pick one day a week, I'm trying to figure out that schedule, and carve out three or four hours to go ride somewhere that is not the same as my daily rides. Most likely, this is going to be sometime during the week when I feel like it can have a bigger impact on my ability to get things done. I may actually consider trying to set things up so I have a four by 10 week, and then I could have a whole day that I could set aside for riding, and maybe that also becomes temple and date day, all of the same thing. My only concern with something like that is, will trying to do all of that in a single day really be replenishing? I just haven't figured that out yet. Now, second is related to vacations. One of the dangers of working for yourself and the kind of work I do is that I can work anywhere. That is awesome at times, but it can also bleed into things like vacations. So I'm going to be more deliberate in actually taking multiple days in a row of real vacation time. I have a camping trip coming up in early June, and that's why I don't think I'll be releasing an episode of Leaders Lift that week. I probably will release an episode of Gadgets for Families, but that's only because it occupies just part of one day and there's a special event going on. I just want to be done with that and enjoy the trip. Now, that's also one camping trip where the grandkids aren't going, so it should be replenishing. We have a couple of other trips planned and booked. The grandkids will join us for some days and not for others. And I'm going to work. I'm going to work on not working during those times. So I don't think this, is, this will be the last week where I don't release an episode. So keep your eye out for that programming change. Now, third, and this one crosses a lot of areas. I'm going to work when I'm working. And when I'm not, I won't. Now, I don't know if that makes sense, and it sounds like it's easy to say, but in today's world with all the flexibility and all of the electronic tools, and you combine that with economic stresses like the ever-growing grocery bill, it's so easy to think that instead of playing with the kids in the evening, I'll just sit down and do that one more thing. I want to be able to break away from that, and I believe that if I can keep my well replenished, 
that I'll be more efficient and effective when I need to work so that I won't feel as much pressure to keep pushing when I'm trying to take downtime, whether that's an evening with the grandkids or a couple of days camping and visiting family, whatever it may be. So after all of this, what are your thoughts on how you could take care of yourself so that you can be more effective in helping lift others? What is your plan? What are you going to put in your personal plan about taking care of yourself? Daily replenishment, deeper replenishment, all of those kinds of things. Share those with me using the feedback link in the show notes. Now, my last thought is just something to get you thinking. We've been planning for a couple of years to relocate to somewhere that's more conducive to year-round outdoor activities. This last winter in Utah was great because we desperately needed the record snowfall. But at the same time, I didn't ride bikes much, even around town. I did try and go for walks almost every day. Some of those were miserable when it was 15 degrees without the wind chill and it's snowing and all those kinds of things. Now, we recently decided to postpone that relocation for another year. It's the right decision for our family, and I know that. But I know that I could possibly be facing another winter where it's tough to me to do the bigger things to replenish, or even some of the daily things. I'm starting to think about ways I could make semi-frequent trips south, where I could ride for a day or two, and what those logistics would look like. Or what other things can I do? I have an indoor bike, but that's just not the same. And while we could make regular trips with the camp trailer, going far enough to get out of the cold for just a night or two doesn't make sense. So I don't know the answers, but I'll update you once I have a plan and we'll see how it goes. The reason I bring this up is for you to start thinking about the things you do to take care of yourself. Are there times when it's just not practical to do those normal things? Think about accountants as it gets close to tax day or a project manager coming to the end of a multi-year project. In those scenarios, it's probably more important than ever to figure out what you can do to replenish so you can make it successfully across the finish line and enjoy the fruits of your labors. But if you can't turn off your phone or walk away for a whole day, what can you do? Can you take your phone with you on a hike so you can answer that call? I remember I used to take conference calls sometimes on the golf course. Or can you go to a game? That's the extrovert wanting to be around a lot of people. You know, what are some things that you can do even as you get close to the finish line when it seems like when normally you would probably think I shouldn't be taking time to take care of myself? Don't wait until the last moment to try and figure out what you're going to do in those circumstances. The odds are that if you do that, all you'll do is keep trying to push through, and you and those that depend on you will not benefit from that approach. So give it some thought now. Let's wrap up. We can find true joy by losing ourselves in lifting and serving others so that they can get the most out of life. But this needs to be done the right way. One of the things you have to consider is how and when to take care of yourself so that you have enough in the well for you and others to draw on. When we neglect our own self-care, then we really are making it more difficult on us and those that depend on us. If we are true leaders, then we won't take this so far that everything we do is for our own benefit. That's something you can keep your eye on. Most likely, though, you won't do enough self-care. So that's why I would recommend you pay attention to this. Are you taking care of yourself enough? Especially if you're your own boss like me. Or if you have a boss that's just going to keep pushing, I've worked for those too. You're going to have to make it a priority to take take care of yourself or no one else will. So thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode. I think it's an extremely important topic. And I'm thankful to have had the reminders over the last couple of weeks of what I need to be doing. I hope you'll walk away from this with some ideas on when and how you're going to take care of yourself. So that you and those that draw from your well will always have enough. 
If you want more great resources on personal and leadership development, check out my website, www.mountainebooconsulting.com. If you want to add some fun tech stuff into your dry, into your life, including maybe your commute, then give gadgets for families a try. I'm really enjoying doing that with my partner in that, Jason. So now thanks again for your support. Now go out there and keep lifting.